0: The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor.
1: Doctor. 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 Doctor.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
1: And hello again, everyone, and welcome into to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel. I'm radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and co-team physician of the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, and orthopedic surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. As always, we're going to talk about a number of sports injury-related topics. We also have our website. Please visit sportsmedicineweekly.com. We're back to get it going right after this on ESPN 1000. <laughs>
2: That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow. That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico physical therapy. Better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr.
0: Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Net
1: proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. It is Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Dr. Cole, you use a personal
3: trainer, don't you? I do. It's the one thing that's uh, sort of kept me straight because... You know, I found that um, it's tough for me at night to reliably do it just because that's the time that I have with my kids for dinner, and uh, so I have to decide if I'm not going to eat, and then after they go do their homework, I can work out then, which is always a challenge, and I'm, honestly, I'm usually very tired at night. The days are hard sometimes, and I found that if, and if I want to get up in the morning to work out, which is probably the best time for me, that I'm much more apt to do it, even if I got a crummy night's sleep. If I've, I'm going to do it if a trainer's coming, but I'm going to blow it off if my trainer's not coming and I didn't sleep well or I have other reasons. So it's, it's worth it. I mean, it's obviously it's a luxury and it's, it's expensive, but if it's the difference between doing it and not doing it, at least that's my rationale. Some people do it because they just feel like they don't know how to get a workout and I've been working out forever and I feel like I can honestly do a lot of the things, but not everything. Like There's a big one thing i when i'm working on my own i don't spend the time doing my movement preparation things like that i just sort of get into the workout to be efficient but the trainers i work i've actually been working out with uh, trainers from jim karis who's a personal friend our kids went to school together i've known him for a long time so there's a couple of trainers i work out with from his studio and um uh, they all kind of follow a very similar repertoire where in the beginning of it we spend it's not just a warm-up but it's movement preparation to improve range of motion and so forth and frankly without him I don't know if I would do a good job so uh, that's a big part of it as well just doing it correctly
1: yeah let's talk about uh, the importance of movement the foundation upon which everything is built and speaking of the uh, Jim Karras personal training way we've got the director Gerard Ayakul Gerard thanks so much for for joining us Um, dr. Cole kind of brought up that importance of movement. And movement seems to be the hot buzzword in the fitness industry today. So what's the big deal with movement?
4: Well, movement, guys, sounds like such a kind of a general, kind of a generic term. But in fact, it really, it's an umbrella term that incorporates so many things. And to be fair, I'd have to credit a orthopedic board certified physical therapist by the name of Gray Cook. And he's uh, popularized by starting what's called the functional movement screen. And there's a long story behind that, but he, amongst many other people, really got me interested and excited about this whole notion of movement and improving movement quality. And in our Western society, our movement acumen, our movement IQ is very low uh, due to a lot of things, but primarily the amount of desk patrol that most of us do. We flat out sit too much, and this impairs our ability to move efficiently and effectively.
3: Does, does the movement, let me ask you a question. You mentioned sort of a movement screen, right? Yes. Is, is that test, there, I know that there's a fair amount of science behind movement screen. And, for in fact, when I did my initial assessment with Jim Karras in the studio, um, I was tested with a functional movement screen. Yes. And I assume that a lot of that relates to the lack of mobility right so you identify some deficiencies even before you get started is that part of it to see where you got to work and it almost is like rehabilitation before you do your workout dr.
4: Cole what it what it primarily does is it establishes a baseline if you go to see an eye doctor everybody reads the same eye chart if you go to see a physician they test your blood pressure when it comes to exercise and fitness oftentimes people just launch into an exercise program without having any idea of where the starting point is. So the functional movement screen helps us to identify as professionals, what is this person's movement capacities and
3: where should I begin with them? So do you use that information as a trainer to start their program
4: we most certainly do we collect data on that it's it's a number scoring system and regardless of which trainer is working with which client they have that data in front of them which gives them a position of okay this is what this person can do and cannot do and allows them to program more effectively
3: is it would you say that uh, improving improving movement the mechanics of it the extent of it do you put it in the injury prevention category or do you put it in the I get a better workout category because I move better?
4: Well, I might say yes to both because with the what the what a functional movement screen shows is number one, it's an indicator of potential injury. And number two, it shows us where we need to start a client in order in other words, in in, in third world countries, people in their eighties can can sink into a deep squat position. Here in America, the average person, even 25 years old, cannot sink into a deep squat because they've spent so much time sitting and muscles and connective tissue have gotten tight. So to put weight on a person and have them do a loaded exercise without them owning that range would be folly and, yes, can set a person up for injury. Visiting with uh, Gerard Ayaculo, the director of the Jim Caris Personal Training,
1: I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. You know, Gerard, what you're talking about is uh, what I always relate to golf. You know, you can't teach the Tiger Woods golf swing to everybody, you know, uh, nor would you want to probably, but, you know. Absolutely. If they first look at what can your body do and then put a golf swing towards it, it's kind of the same thing you're saying,
4: right? Exactly. There's a, there's a gold standard way of swinging a golf club, but if a, an individual doesn't possess the prerequisite mobility in their thoracic spine and their hips, they're never going to to achieve that type of swing. So a fitness professional and oftentimes we do this can work closely with golf instructors to determine what do I need to improve on this person so the golf coach can have a better a, a better idea of where to go from there and how to
3: actually strategize with their
4: client
5: yeah
3: it's such a it's such a huge space and um, like I've learned a lot from my trainers that I've used from the studio um, and I can memor I remember a lot of it yeah uh, but if you're not you know fortunate enough to have a, a trainer you know how do you How do you do it and how do you learn about it? You know,
4: I would recommend to the average person listening out there that uh, yoga has been around for thousands of years. And uh, a great place to start exploring movement and movement potential is sign up for a basic yoga class. YMCA's offer them, Park District's offer them, there's yoga studios popping up all over the place. So that would be one thing. And the second thing is in the privacy of your home, you know, our joints, our ankles, our wrists, our neck are all circular joints. And if we just spend time moving our wrists in circles and our ankles in circles, it can be five, seven, ten minutes long. Movement creates fluid. The, the mantra we love at the studio is motion is lotion. And if you don't use a particular range of motion, your body being so efficient will actually give up the capacity to do that. And we become more and more limited as time goes on.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you two examples as an orthopedic surgeon where this comes into play. One is in the shoulder. Most of our conditions in the shoulder are associated with either abnormal mobility of the shoulder blade, the scapula, or loss of internal rotation. In other words, the ability to get up behind your back. And we see it in our elite athletes, but I see it in high level recreational athletes who come in with overuse injuries in the shoulder most of them never need surgery they just need proper re- guidance rehabilitation
4: well and to piggyback on that as a, as a trainer i see literally i see more shoulder issues and more shoulder pain than i see low back pain and yeah. they say eight out of ten people have low back pain
3: right right and then th- that is exactly and then the second one is the knee where if if an individual does not have full mobility especially extension the ability to get it straight the incident first of all it's very difficult to rehabilitate or strengthen your quads if you can't get your legs straight the, mm. and the incidence of, anterior knee pain pain in the front goes up exponentially so you know I hear what you're saying one of the challenges is most of us are so time constrained so we just you don't see the value in it like I just want to get going and start doing dumbbells or bench press or squats or whatever you want to do I I understand it, it, but it's really important I mean I'm a big supporter of and I've learned and I think my workouts are much better when I spend the 10 minutes ahead of time Uh, doing these activities.
4: And that's where we as fitness professionals have to also be good salesmen because to your point, the average person has a limited amount of time to exercise and the idea of lifting weights or running and elevating their heart rate seems to be, well, that's where the bang for the buck is. The point that I try to get across is if you spend a few minutes each day lubricating your joints by moving them, you create a medley of options for yourself to not only exercise safely but to go out and perform whether it's recreational golf tennis go hiking it creates options for you and you've got to do a good job of selling that point to people once again Gerard Ayakulo from
1: uh, Jim Caris personal training as well as Steve Cashel Dr. Brian co wrapping it up but uh, I got a million questions for you concerning my workout I like to relate things that I do but uh, cardio before uh, strength training do you believe in and and can, can I get on the elliptical do you believe in that is the treadmill better The stairmaster what what what's the best cardio or what do you suggest you, okay, and stay do away you from,
3: subscribe to the Jim Karras's cardio free workout
4: well Which, you know to, to, quick background to Jim's position on that most people spend too much time doing cardio and not enough time doing strength training okay. so does a person have to do cardio in order to lose weight and optimize their body composition no is it a nice adjunct if you have the time or the inclination? Yes. Uh, to speak to your question, Steve, in the ideal world, I would love to see a cardiovascular session and a strength session performed separately. Okay. If that can't be done for logistical reasons, always perform your cardio or your conditioning work after you perform your strength training. Really? Yes. Because, I always do opposite for some reason. Because, well, because you probably, vet, you probably think in terms of the cardio as, well, I'm going to lose fat and I'll put that no, first. It, it warms me up. It gets my body hot and and that's where the doing a little bit of a mobility program moving your joints a little bit of stretching would would serve you better to prepare you for the weightlifting and then if you're going to do cardio do it at the end so i have yeah. an hour i have an hour that's all right tremendous. tomorrow i have an hour do
1: i do all strength training and then the next day do a full hour of cardio you could do that if you right now i do 30 minutes 30 minutes
4: a person should strength train at least two if not three times a week okay so if you have if you're exercising every day and you you want to do cardio on the off days that's fine but 10 minutes, even 10 minutes a day of doing some kind of mobility work will, again, there's so much bang for the buck on that. I can't stress that enough. Great stuff.
3: I could do a whole show with this gentleman. Yeah, Jim's lucky to have you. Or, I mean, that's, uh, how many years have you been with him? I've, I
4: just, it was 10 years in August, guys. Yeah, I can't believe but, it. Yeah, he's Give lucky us the long you. website. Okay, our and website. If, <laughs> and if, I'm not joking. If, uh, if any of our listeners uh, would like any additional information on this topic or any topic related to this, uh, it's Kerris. Intelligent Fitness and We have locations in Lincoln Park and Lake Forest. Again, Jim Caris, Intelligent Fitness and
3: My guess is you can still go to Jim and get there. Is that correct? I would think so, yeah. Doctor. Okay. Yes. Or Google him. R
1: A S, Jim Caris. This is Gerard Ayakula with us in the studio. Great stuff, Gerard. Thank you very much for having me. Never have enough time with this gentleman. Dr. Cole, we're going to take a break, so back with more after this on ESPN Radio.
6: I've been having knee pain for quite some time and did what... Probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance, scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's
0: like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com.
6: videos and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 1 4 daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at That's karenmalkin.com. That's k a r e n m a l k i n.com.
0: Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art healthcare services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations, with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. ProCondrax, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about ProCondrax, visit ProCondrax.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000.
1: Net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. I'm Steve Cashel, we'll Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Dr. Cole, you don't do knee replacements, do you? No.
3: I mean, my, my popular I do shoulder replacements because I'll see uh, uh, generally older patients with arthritis. But my, my focus, as you know, is on uh, trying to help young people avoid these replacements. So we do transplants. We work with some novel biologics to reduce symptoms, injections, and things like that to sort of carry them along to essentially make them more age-appropriate for, for replacements, which is putting in metal and plastic in a joint that's lost cartilage, which is arthritis. So the big challenge is that we, 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 we look for these alternatives for younger patients because, in general, a joint replacement doesn't last forever. So you want them to be age appropriate for the replacement. And we try to sort of build a bridge to the point where they may, might or could need a replacement. And then there's concerns that with joint replacement, this is an area of, of really interesting discussion is how active can they be without compromising that replacement. So. A lot of people who have arthritis but who are very young, we'll say less than 50, 45, that age range, are looking for alternatives because if they indeed get a replacement at that age, they might or could need to have it done again. Wow. So I spend most of my career in the knee anyway. Uh, and we do some of this in the shoulder, uh, trying to help people along before they, to get them age appropriate, if you will, for a replacement. But it, the interesting thing is what can a patient really do with a joint replacement.
1: Let's bring on one of the experts uh, from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, doctor, professor, Department of Orthopedic Surgery, Chief of uh, Adult Reconstructive Surgery, Dr. Craig Dalavalli. How are you, doc? I'm good, I'm good. Great. Uh, so yeah, my question when I was researching this was, was who needs it? I mean, Dr. Cole touched on it, but I want to kind of find out, you know, the, when when do you have to go to replacement?
5: Um. Well, first, I just want to comment that basically Dr. Cole is trying to put me in of business. So, I'm not,
3: I'm not, I'm not doing, a, well, doing. I can tell you, I'm not doing a very good job. So, you <laughs> seem to be you seem to be plenty busy.
5: <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. It's one of the questions that patients ask most commonly is when am I ready to have my joint replaced? And you know, as as Brian alluded to, you know, joint replacement is a big operative procedure. Um, it is kind of a big step forward. It is replacing the, the joint with metal and plastic. And kind of, you know, based on the topic tonight, you know, usually there's going to be some compromises that come along with that. So, in general, uh, joint replacement is for patients who uh, have arthritis of their hip or their knee um, that basically hasn't responded to non operative treatment, which includes things like Tylenol, anti inflammatory medications like Motrin modifying your activity to avoid certain activities that hurt it, that hurt you, as well as people who either aren't appropriate or who fail the type of things that, that Dr. Cole does uh, in an attempt at repairing the cartilage in the joint. And, you know, I think most reasonable patients, A, don't want to have surgery in the first place, and B, don't want to have a piece of metal and plastic for their body. You know, you reach a certain point where you become miserable and you can't do the activities that you want to do, And that's usually when patients come and see me, which is actually the fun part of my job because we get people who are basically broken, who are otherwise healthy. They just have a joint that's not working very well. And you fix that joint for them, and then they go back to living very fulfilled, active lives. So it really makes my job really fun.
3: You know, the interesting thing about orthopedics, and you sort of alluded to it, Craig, is that when you look at other uh, medical professions, you know, you can treat high blood pressure or diabetes and so forth. And the unfortunate thing is when people have those kinds of diseases, they, send, they tend to sort of cycle downward throughout life. And we intervene and you can keep the pressure in check and so forth. And sometimes they have to switch medications and, you know, they sort of, sort of smolder along. But doing a joint replacement is, like you say, they come in and the one thing they often say, correct me if I'm wrong, is I wish I did it sooner that you come in, they're very unhappy. They can't sleep, they can't walk more than a block, no longer are, you know, what I always say to my patients, say, look, do you need treatment? And you need treatment when your symptoms rise to a level that it just is is intolerable or you just would like to to, to get rid of them. And that can be non-surgical or surgical. And all of the people that you're treating have sort of gone through the gamut and sometimes they've treated with me, um, but they tend to be a little bit older. Um, And I guess the real question is that patients get most concerned about is, you know, they know they can't go back after they put metal and plastic in. So their biggest concern is what can they do once they have metal and plastic in? How active can they be? And my traditional answer is, look, you're going to have to speak with your surgeon, with you, uh, Craig Delavalle, and ask him what he will allow his patients to do. But I at least summarize and say, look, you would let them likely play doubles tennis to a limited degree. You would let them ski blue runs. Um, things of that nature. Is that fair to say? And then where do you sort of sure. introduce caution?
5: You know, I think a lot of it is, you know, just like the decision to have surgery is risk-benefit from the patient perspective. You know, one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves in our practice is really trying to educate patients about the disease process, about the surgery they're having, and, and about the replacement itself. And, you know, we, we have the patients hold in their hand the implant. They see the metal. They see the plastic. And basically, you know, whether it's a hip or a knee replacement, you're going to be walking around on a piece of plastic, hopefully for as long as possible. And, you know, there's been great improvements in the plastic and the materials that we use. But nonetheless, you know, if you start running and jumping on, you know, a piece of plastic that's a half inch or less thick, you know, you're going to potentially run into trouble. So those are really the activities that I generally recommend to give, which are recreational running. And, and jumping. We always tell patients, you're allowed to run away from someone or something, uh, but we don't want you going for a several-mile, you know, jog. Now, the caveat to that is we do on the hip side have an operation called hip resurfacing, which, you know, is probably 10 5 to 10% of my hip replacements are hip resurfacings. Um, and it's got its own unique risks. Uh, but in that situation, uh, the bearing surface is not metal on plastic; It's actually metal-on-metal. In metal. those patients, we allow running, jumping, and we have patients who've done marathons, triathlons, and all kinds of crazy things. So, uh, But for the most part, I, I make it try to make it simple for folks. No recreational running and no jumping.
1: Our guest is Dr. Craig Delavalli. I'm Steve Cash with Dr. Brian Cole. It's Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Dr. Delavalli is a... Uh, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at
3: Rush. Greg, I recently saw on our website an amazing story about a woman who you treated who completed an Ironman after a knee replacement. And obviously that's sort of three activities um, and uh, or more. Yes, yeah, three, right? Three, yeah, yeah. three activities. And uh, when she came to you and said, look, is it okay if I do this? How do you respond to that? You know, you, know, you say, look, the swimming, the bike is good, but... The my my biggest concern is the run. Do you tell her to yeah. take caution? You know how do you? Because there's a lot we really don't know, and it becomes a common sure. sense issue. So what do you? Yeah, say no, about? I agree
5: on all points. Well, the first one is you know the patient came to me and said you know I'm a triathlete and this that you know other thing and I really like to do it once again and you know I looked at her X-rays and she's a young woman and uh, I looked at her X-rays and I'm like you don't look like your X-rays. <laughs> you know her knee right. was awful. Right. And you know. I literally, I mean, I kind of joked with her. I said, uh, I'd be thrilled for you to do an Ironman again. You just can't do the running car. You have to walk it. And I kind of said it, you know, kind of being cheeky and never expecting her to do it. And then, um, you know, she sends me this picture of her walking across the finish line, uh, having done an Ironman in like 16 and a half hours. You know, oh, wow. I can't even sleep for 16 and yeah. a half hours, let alone, do you know, physical yeah. activity for 16 half hours. So, you know, a- extremely impressive and just a real testament to, um, you know, individual spirit as well as, you know, how good we can make people with these operations. So, um, yeah, it's really impressive.
1: Dr. Uh, Delavalle, one of the final questions I have for you. Um, we talk about joint replacements in young active patients. What's the youngest uh, person you've ever done a joint replacement for?
5: So, um, you know, I guess I either... Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, did a hip replacement on a, pati- on a patient who's a pediatric rheumatologist. And so now she sends me all of her patients. Um, so we've done a bunch of, uh, the youngest I think we did was 11 or 12. Really? Um, so these are folks um, who have uh, what's called inflammatory arthritis. So basically their body's immune system sees their cartilage and the lining of their joints as foreign and attacks it. Um, so it's rheumatoid arthritis and it can have a juvenile form where it affects very young patients. And, I mean, these, these kids, they have severe arthritis of their of their joints, um, oftentimes they have heart problems, lung problems, and other issues. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've done some of these kids and uh, it, it's, again, it's, it's probably the most stressful part of my job. You know, we're very fortunate both Brian and myself, we do the operations we do so commonly that, you know, you really don't think a lot when you go to work. But all of a sudden when you're operating on someone, a kid who's 50 pounds, I, mean, I literally had to have one of my partners who specializes in pediatric surgery come help me with her procedure because uh, I'm just not used to operating on kids that small. And, you know, it's all kinds of little issues and things like that. Just a lot more stress because the patient has to live for a long time.
1: Very interesting stuff. Thanks you so much, uh, Dr. Delavalle, for, uh, for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. My pleasure. Back with more after this
3: on ESPN Radio.
0: Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art healthcare care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do.
2: That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy...
6: Ow! That's not good.
2: ...or having an accident... At work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody.
0: Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org, that's
6: P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I've been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance, scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I looked forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget.
0: To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
1: That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator and producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole, for operating our website and doing our business side of Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of Sports Medicine
0: Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a paid advertisement.
5: The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.